So, when, if you're like me, uh, when I was a child, it seemed to me that December took the longest time to get here, right? I mean, you, and you're saying, well, Tom, that makes sense. It's the last month of the year. But, but I mean, it doesn't matter. It didn't matter when you started in the calendar year or what, you know, it just took longer. 12 months from January to December seemed to last longer than, say, from June to May. You, you, hear, you hear what I'm saying? It's just 12 months. It took forever for December to get here. And then when December got here, it took forever for Christmas to get here. And as a kid, that's the life you live, right? It just takes a long time. It just never seems to like it will get here. Now, as an adult, you know the opposite is true, right? You, you wake up and you go, it's December? I thought it was July. How did this happen? How did December get here so quickly? And how did Christmas get here? I haven't even thought about it. I'm still thinking about what we're going to eat for Thanksgiving, and you're telling me I have three shopping days left. It, it's crazy how fast it gets here. But really, the message of Advent is about waiting. The message of Advent is waiting. Today is the second Sunday of Advent, and the theme for the second Sunday of Advent is hope. Hope. Uh, Advent is about waiting. It's about waiting on the promises of God to his people. Now, in the Old Testament, Advent is connected to the coming of a king. Uh, for us, uh, it's an interesting thing. Advent is about remembering the future. It's an interesting concept, remembering the future. We're going to read this morning from Isaiah 11, uh, verses 1 through 10. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf, and the lion, and the yearling together, and a child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples, 
The nations will rally to him and his resting place will be glorious. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us uh, this morning uh, from your word. We know uh, that your word is true. We trust in your word. We trust in you. Uh, speak into our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm just captured by that phrase that, uh, that the child will, will play or place its hand over the cobra's den. Does that sound fun? I, I remember years ago I was at, at youth camp, our, our youth camp. But this was back when it was uh, still First Methodist. And I was actually there as the speaker for the camp. And Mason was about, I don't know, nine years old. And, and uh, we, were, we were walking through the camp one day and we saw a snake go across the road. And, and, and Mason said, come on, Dad, let's catch it. And, you know, he's nine years old and he's chasing the snake and, and, and I'm, it, it goes up on this fence and he says, get it, dad, get it. And I'm, you know, like trying to figure out a way to grab the snake and, and I reach for it and it goes off the fence and, and a few feet away, it goes down a hole. And I said, sorry, Mace, I tried. And he runs over and sticks his hand down the hole and pulls out the snake and says, I got it, dad. And we have pictures of that snake. It was longer than he was. And, uh, pardon? It was a black snake. It wasn't poisonous. He knew that. I didn't. Um, but when I read that scripture, I, th I think about that. But, but the truth is, Isaiah is calling out a truth. Isaiah is looking forward and he is calling out what is to come. Uh, when we read Isaiah today, uh, we see that his prophecy contains things that have happened already and things that are still to happen. So Advent for us is about waiting and it's about believing. It's about believing on things that have happened, but it's also about waiting for things that are still to come, things that have been promised. Uh, the true idea of Advent is that there is a once and for all coming. There's a once and for all coming. Uh, Christmas celebration is great. And I, you guys know me. I love Christmas. I love opening Christmas presents, not necessarily on Christmas, uh, usually before. But I, I love Christmas. I love everything about Christmas. I love Christmas excitement. And Christmas excitement is fun and it's legit and family gatherings are great and awesome and parties are wonderful. Christmas services with candles and all of that crazy stuff is good. It's wonderful. But none of those things actually satisfy us. None of those actually satisfy us. Only the one and only can satisfy there are many promises in Scripture, but there is one promise of all promises. And that is the coming of Jesus. That is the promise of all promises. The, the Old Testament is broken down into four actual categories. There's, there's the law, and there's the history, and there's the prophets, and there are the poets, the poetry. 
Uh, and and when, when it comes to the law and the history and the prophets, if you read them chronologically, not necessarily the way they are in, in the Bible, but if you read them chronologically, the way that they happened, every, uh, every section ends. The law ends, the history ends, and the prophets all end with a proclamation or, or a promise. And in every section of the Old Testament, the promise is the same. And that promise is, there is one coming. There is one coming who will change everything. Everything. Now here's the thing about the Old Testament. The Old Testament is a story about failure. I mean, you read through the Old Testament and you see it. It's failure and failure and failure. The people of God failing and failing and failing all over again. It is a story of failure and hope. It's a story of failure and hope. Hope is believing that something is going to get better, right? We don't hope things get worse. Hope is believing that things are going to get better. Hope is believing that something better is coming. In Genesis 3, Adam and Eve sin, and their response is to hide from God. Where's, I don't know if I've, I haven't seen him this morning. Danny Dupree here? Where's Anya? Anya is here. So you can be, you can sit in for Danny because I might need you in just a minute. I'm going to walk over here and, and talk to this side of the room for just a second. Let me kind of look, see who's over there. So if I were to say to this side of the room, um, CCR, would you know what I was talking about? One, I got one nod, yes, affirmative. I've got somebody back here. Yeah, I knew you would know. So there's a couple of people. So if I were to say bad moon arising, would you, would you know then? So somebody just yell it out. What am I talking about? Okay. Credence Clearwater Revival. It's so only appropriate that we were talking about revival in church, right? So Anya, I was going to call on Danny because I knew he would know if nobody else knew. But I'm showing my age a little bit, but... There's a song by Credence Clearwater Revival called Bad Moon Arising, and the lyrics go something like this. I see the bad moon arising. I see trouble on the way. I see earthquakes and, earthquakes and lightning. I see bad times today. Don't go around tonight. Well, it's bound to take your life. There's a bad moon on the rise. I hear hurricanes are blowing. I know the end is coming soon. I fear rivers overflowing. I hear the voice of rage and ruin. Hope you got your things together. Hope you're quite prepared to die. Looks like we're in for nasty weather. One eye is taken for an eye. This is a song that was written. The, one of the band members for CCR watched this movie. That was, the, movie the, the movie came out in 1941, and it's called uh, The Devil and Daniel Webster. And it's a story about a farmer who sells his soul to the devil, and then he hires Daniel Webster as a lawyer to get him out of it. I got news for him. Daniel Webster can't get him out of it. But there is somebody who can. Some of us go through life with a bad moon arising mentality. Things are bad, but things are going to get worse. Things are bad, things are going to get worse. Things are bad, but they're going to get worse. 
And, and there are some of us actually who, when it comes to hope, we have carved out a place, a safe place that we live in. And that place is the place where, where you don't hope. And the reason that you don't hope is because if you don't hope, you won't be disappointed. And it's just a sad place to live. It's a sad place to live, and what it does is it insulates you and it protects you. But the thing that it insulates you and protects you from are the promises of God. The goodness of God. The favor of the Lord. Advent is the call of God to come out of hiding and hope again. Come out of hiding and hope again. Hoping now is stronger than wishing. Wishing is a desire for things to get better. And it's, it's okay to wish, but hope is just better. Because hope is the conviction that the better has come and will come again. Hope is a conviction that the best is coming, but it's based on the fact that the best has already come. He's already come. And he's lived on earth, and he died, and he rose again, and then he told his disciples as he left to go to the Father, he said, I'm coming back, and I'm coming for you. It's a promise, and that is the promise that our hope is built on. Our hope is in him. But what's his hope in? What is his hope in? Now, I understand that's a crazy question. It's kind of a theological spider web. To start asking, what does God hope in? Because, you know, we believe that hope has something to do with believing in things that, that you can't see. But God sees everything. He already knows what's going to happen. But, you know, if you are an Enneagram One, I identify with you. There is a right way to think and there is a wrong way to think. And there is nothing in between. And, and I get that. But it will put you in a theological box sometimes. And so what I want to say is that there is, it's okay for us to ask the question, what, is, what, is God, what does God hope in? Uh, because the scripture clearly says in Psalm 53 too, God looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. Second Chronicles 16, 9 says, the eyes of the Lord search to and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. In John chapter 4, Jesus tells his disciples, pray to the Lord of the harvest for more workers. It doesn't diminish God to say that he hopes in you. He hopes in you. You are his creation. He made you. And he has strong convictions concerning you. He knows what you are capable of. And more than that, he knows what he is capable of in you and through you. And so, what is your hope today? What is your hope? Are you willing to put your hope on God's altar and move it into the place of deep conviction? No. I told the prayer people out there when we were praying before the service that I today was going to repent of being a, a baptism Pharisee. So 
I'm a baptism Pharisee. And uh, what I mean by that is, again, uh, I'm an Enneagram One. And there's just a right way and a wrong way. And so I've always, you know, baptism is one time. Right? I had a conversation this week with a, with a buddy of mine. And we were talking about baptism. We were talking about revival. One thing led to another, and all of a sudden, right there on the phone, I, I just was convicted by the Lord. And, and I felt like God said to me, you know, you've put me in a box. You've put me in a baptism box. I said, what does that mean? And, and I felt like the Lord said, well, Naaman, I told Naaman to dip in the water seven times. And it wasn't until the seventh time that he was healed. And so what if? What if? And I just said, oh, God, I'm a baptism Pharisee. And so um, I'm, I'm repenting. I don't want you to get all crazy and think I've just gone REM and lost my religion completely. Um, I still... I'm still a, uh, a theologian at heart. But I just recognize that God doesn't want to be put in a box. And sometimes he does things that just totally are off the grid. Uh, because his heart is to capture people's heart. That's what he wants. And sometimes he'll do things, quite frankly, that offend us. If that's what it takes to win people. And so what I want to invite you to today is I want to invite you to get in the river. There's some of you who have uh, marriages that you're just, you're worried about. They're not, you're not doing well. And, and you both know it. And, and you want to do well, and you can't figure it out. And I want to invite you today uh, to get in the water. There's some of you who have families, there are issues in your family. Maybe it's a kid, maybe it's you. But there, there are family issues, and you know it. Some of you just have uh, relationship issues. There are people around you that, that you just can't get it right. Some of you, it's other things. Some, some, some of you, it's callings. You, you know you've been called and you've just hidden from it and run from it your whole life. Some of you have dreams and you feel like they've died. Some of you have healing that needs to come. It feels like you've been sick and hurting for so long and you're just sick of hurting. Some of you can only think of the presence of God and the intimacy with Christ in the past tense. And, and what, I'm, what I want to say to all of you today is no rules today. If you need to get in the water, you need to get in the water. If you want to be baptized today for a renewal of your marriage or a renewal of your life or a renewal of your calling or just a renewal of your body, 
It's here. There's no better time than now to hope and believe that things not just can get better, but things will get better. And so, again, all are coming to the river, into the river to die, out of the river to live again better than before. Now let's pray.